welcome to Into the Magic. I am your host, Sess. And I'm Katie. It's been a while since we have podcasted for uh, various reasons, some of them being the holiday season, but we're back at it. We are back at it, sis. (laughs) <laughs> like you know like back streets back, back all right all right but it's like into the magic's back, magic's back all right, all right. <laughs> we should have been a girl band i yeah well we, we missed our still, calling there's still time there if you were in the spice girls which one we'll would do you our be? like what reunion tour <laughs> we would be doing our reunion tour. yeah okay <laughs> do you think i would be baby spice I do. I think oh, that oh, I'm okay. more like Scary Spice. Okay. I uh, think, right? Or, uh, I mean, maybe a little posh. <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, I was going to go for posh. Okay. Posh. Which one was um, Melanie B? That oh, was scary. scary Spice. That's such yeah. a... That's so terrible that everyone else had, like, something else and she was scary. Yeah, because she was not scary. But she no. wore a lot of leopard print and animal print. So maybe they were like playing on the like animal, like animalistic scary. Okay, so maybe you kind of are scary spice. Posh <laughs> okay. slash boss. Yeah. I think, I think, I think both- I'm okay with that combination. I'm okay with that combination. <laughs> I'm okay with being baby slash posh. Okay. <laughs> you kind of are a little posh, yeah. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> Oh gosh! So that's how can't I can't hide who we are. I'm we identifying are. as that today. Okay, I and love that. That has little to nothing to do with our topic. <laughs> yeah, well, I get well, all what we're going to be talking about today. Huh. And if you're new to the podcast, it's not a pop culture one. No, <laughs> it's not. Though you might hear some references, and that's just us being real. So yeah, just being bringing the real, um, the real, real. We live in this world, you know. I mean, we live in this world. We're on Instagram. I'm obsessed yeah. with pop culture, but more we obsessed pick these bodies. Yeah, more obsessed with spiritual enlightenment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like seventy thirty. Uh, yeah. Which one's which? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it depends on the day. <laughs> yeah. I had like a, what some of my childhood friends text the other night and they were saying, Sess, I remember growing up, you had so many posters of JTT in your bedroom. Oh my God. I love JTT. Oh my God. How hot yeah. was he? Him and Devin Sawa. Oh. The guy from Casper. Oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah. 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 Um, mm-hmm. Did you ever watch that show Hacks on HBO? No. What? No. Okay, it's incredible. Side note, these men did not age well. Okay, he is in it. He is in an episode. Did he age well? Because I have... Um, I, you know, I'm going to plead the fifth on that. We all have different... Aesthetic, sure. I mean, yeah. I hate to say I prefer him when he was like... I don't know if I I guess erase, (laughs) erase, it sounded judgy, and it probably was judgy for me to be like... They didn't age well. I think that based on my childhood expectations Mm -hmm. versus like what I'm seeing now, they do not meet. Right. But those are childhood expectations. Okay. JTT is not someone I would, you know, hop into bed with if you would say that. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
What about Zach Morris? You know Zach Morris is acting now, too. I don't know his name, his real name. Um, Zach, wait, no. From Saved by the Bell. Zach? He still looks like Zach Morris. Like, he actually looks like himself. Yeah. Yeah. Girl, I don't know his real name. What about Dawson Creek? Dawson's Creek. What is that guy's name? James Vanderbeek. Yeah, I never was into that. You know, I was more of a Pacey gal. Yeah. Josh. I don't know who that Josh, is, but Joshua Jackson. Oh, Josh Hartnett. Josh no, or Josh. Oh, Jack, Joshua Josh, Jackson. Yeah. Oh, Josh Hartnett. Girl, wow. all the names. Like a Knight's Tale, bitch. A Knight's Tale. No, that Keith wasn't. That Bledger. was Keith Ledger. <laughs> Katie is an up to. What am I thinking up of? To speed as I am. No, obviously the the, past. I'm not a seventy thirty <laughs> with pop culture. Mm-mm. Not at all. You're very. Um, a very much smaller percentage. As we said, good thing this is not a pop culture co- um, podcast. So no, good thing. But <laughs> good thing. Let's um, transition. <laughs> okay, how and do we now get awkward transition <laughs> from childhood crush actors to, to woundology to woundology? Yeah, playing the victim and how to move beyond that. Um, yeah. Um, well, I think a lot of that stuff here. You want to hear it? I think a lot of the woundology type of things that we'll be talking about, these uh, matters where we tend to play the victim in the same way over and over again based on the roles or based on roles that we played from childhood or based on things Mm -hmm. that we um, learned, saw, experienced during childhood. So, yes, you know, yeah, I totally agree. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for bringing that home in such a succulent way. (laughs) succulent Um, we you know this is we have tried to record this podcast episode a couple of times and it just never it never seemed to just click and flow as easy as we wanted it to and we thought we'd give it another shot and yeah and in all honesty it was because we were trying to like teach a a philosophy like a theory because woundology is not our word it's carolyn mace's word and we'll go into that in a moment but but we were trying to like educate you all <laughs> on this topic versus like actually just sharing our experience of the topic, right? right? Yes. Yeah. Um, which is where we, I think, shine is when we talk off the cuff about what we're thinking, what we're experiencing, and what we're doing within right. a framework of a theory, a topic, a whatever. But yeah, yeah because I think with... With that, like especially with woundology, there's and and discussing the concept of the victim of being a victim of victimizing yourself, mm-hmm. it's a really delicate um, and it can lead to a lot of judgment. I know I for sure get judgmental about that. So I think that's part of why when I would re-listen to what we were talking about, Sess, I was like, ooh, I sound judgy. Like I sound like I'm being judgmental. Yeah. Not my intention, but certainly how it came off. So, right. yeah, we're going to try it again, um, basing yeah. it, bringing it back again and again to our own experience. So Exactly. We're not an expert on these topics. We have lived them and worked through them and experienced them, and we want to share them with you. And we don't want to talk about something that doesn't fully resonate with what we have done. Yeah. And so take what you want from this podcast, leave the rest. Also, another invitation is that I know when I'm listening to something and it's 
triggers me in some way, that's always an invitation to look a little deeper into that. Agreed. Why this feels triggering. Agreed. When I have looked into this topic and I have identified the ways in which I have identified with my wounds, it has been something that I have been defensive of. Yeah, because wounds are deep. Yes, and you (laughs) want to protect them. Yeah, and the ego wants to protect them. Yeah, and they're there because there was a hurt or a pain, and then because we don't know how to heal it, we've built up all of this scaffolding around it to keep it. Yeah. And keep things away from it. Like, okay, it's there. I don't know how to heal it, but don't make it worse. Right. And so that's where like the rigidity and this, you know, creating an entire personality, a belief system out of that rigidity and structuredness to keep the wound as is, just don't make it worse versus this ideal of, of healing it and moving beyond it. Yes. Yeah. So... Let's sort of introduce what woundology is, Sess. Do you want to do that? I will. So woundology, it was coined by this author that both Katie and I love called Carolyn Mace. And she's written several incredible books. One of them is literally my favorite book ever called Anatomy Mm. of the Spirit. Yeah, it's beautiful. And if no one has heard of it, please check it out. It's, It's beautiful. It's delicious. It's divine. And it has helped me a lot. Uh, integrate the spiritual to the physical part of me and know that they're not like separate. They're very much one in the same. Yes. And she discusses woundology briefly in this and then does later does a lot of like talks and stuff about it that you can YouTube if you want to hear her talks. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's called why people heal and how they can. Sorry. Yeah. White people don't heal. Don't heal. (laughs) And how they can. And so it's like the tendency to hold on to traumas and situations, you know, those deep wounds that not just like wounds, it's just those hurts, those experiences. And you define yourself by those. You don't define yourself by your strengths, by who you are today. And you identify those hurts and you stay stuck in it. So it's defining it's using your past to define your present. Yeah. And a really incredible line from it, um, May says, people are striving to confront their wounds, valiantly working to bring meaning to terrible past experiences and traumas and exercising compassionate understanding of others who share their wounds. But they are not healing. They've redefined their lives around their wounds in the process of accepting them. They are not working to get beyond their wounds. In fact, they are stuck in their wounds. Right. And so there's a difference between, and these are all steps, right? Like we have Mm -hmm. to go into acceptance of, oh, I have this wound. Yeah. Right. And it's so comforting to be around people that have had and gone through something similar to you because then you don't feel alone, but you don't stay there. That's what she's saying is that those two things combined are not going to heal the wound. They are going to make you feel better at some point. Yes. But they're not going to allow you to move beyond your identification with it. Right. And in part of like Katie in in I's story is we met while we were in treatment for drug and alcohol addiction. And (laughs) I think our initial our initial meeting and bonding was through our wounds and what we have experienced and what we have gone through and the pain that has led to our addiction 
the pain from our addiction, etc. So we came together in that way, as many people do. But the cool thing about our relationship and our friendship is that, yes, we have those, you know, those similarities in our stories and our pasts. But these days, well, we don't talk about or identify our relationship and define it in terms of what we have experienced due to our addictions. Yes, yeah, us and I don't connect based on the fact that we were alcoholics or addicts at one point. Like we connect based on the fact that we are spiritually expanding. Like this is how I grow today. Yeah. This is what I'm thinking about today. This right. is what I've learned and discussed and I'm sort of mulling around with today. This is where I've fallen short. Like this is where, yeah. you know, I need to see clear. Right. That's right. different than just connecting with someone based on a wound, you know, um, and identifying. Because that's also like so limiting. And I mean, I know that for me, like when I, and this is, you know, my experience, but when I, after leaving that facility, Sess and I lived in another place in Prescott, Arizona, um, where we were, you know, slowly easing out of that painful connection and moving into a more empowered connection, but it was still to some degree about that wound, right? Right. Yeah. And I remember that I had a sponsor, which is essentially a person who's done, has done this for longer than you have. That's just sort of guiding you Mm -hmm. on how to, how to be on the right path. And mine was in her eighties and her name was Angel. And she would go to these like meetings that we would go to and she would say, I don't drink, which is not how you're supposed to identify like at all. Mm Mm-mm. (laughs) Like you're just not supposed to identify in that way. This woman was 80 years old, had 40 plus, had been doing this for 40 plus years. Like ain't nobody going to tell her her, that along with her sass. Like ain't nobody going to tell her what to say because it's working. Whatever the hell she's doing is working because she is happy. She is brilliant. She is shining from within. Yeah. You know, and that was like a first glimpse for me to be like, oh. I can identify, I can still do what I need to do for myself, but identify in a different way. Like look at things in a new way and a new light. And, you know, it's a, yeah. It's empowering. Because then it was a choice. She's like, I just don't do it. I don't do it. Yeah. Which is her, like, which is counter to everything that was within, you know, what we were taught at that point. But there's power in that. Yeah. To say like, this is how I'm choosing to move forward with my life because I've been given this (laughs) brief moment of like clarity to make a choice to go this way or that way, you know? Right. Yeah. One of the things that like comes up for me around this is like when you attach, what's that? Uh, Okay. Sorry. There's a a phrase, attachment is suffering. It's a Buddhist. It's a Buddhist theory. Yeah. Attachment is suffering. Something. It's you have built around it. You've built yourself around it and you've attached yourself to it. And when you do that, like not to like totally quote it again, but it's like you do suffer because any when you attach to anything or anyone, you are making that person like kind of in charge of like your well-being and who you are. Yep. And that's what I really view woundology as is you're attaching to your traumas and you are saying not by the hair of my chinny chin chin will I like let this go yeah I am somebody who has gone through this I am somebody who has experienced that that is me right versus versus 
not identifying with that. Like, and as we said, there is a certain time where you have to acknowledge it. You have to to see the wound for what it is. And right. then you have to find that support through community. Right. But if that community is holding you to only identify through that wound, then you need to grow beyond that community. Yeah. You have to if you want to expand into true spiritual growth. Right. Because otherwise you are only that. And being only that allows you to unknowingly create sort of, um, like I was saying, that rigid scaffolding to keep the wound in place because just don't make it worse, don't make it worse. Yeah, That's a way of like, even like Sess is saying, attachment and trying to control what other people do around you to accommodate you so that they don't, so that the wound isn't worse, so that you don't incite my wound, so that you don't hurt my wound. No, you can't do that around me. No, you can't do that around me, which is different than boundaries. Right. Because a boundary is like, no, that I don't accept that behavior. So please come back to me with a different type of behavior. And if they come back to you with the same then your boundary is to go, okay, I'm not engaging with this person again and right. to leave that situation. Yeah. A boundary is not to say you have to, you have to do these things I'm telling you to. You have right. to. Right. That's not a boundary. That is protecting a wound. Yes. Yeah. And I think there's like several examples in my own life of ways where I have deeply identified and protected my wounds so I could stay in them. Yeah. And it's so hard to hear that. Yeah. Like, or it's like so hard to like even acknowledge that you've been living your life in a way that is keeping you stuck in a place of that is causing you pain. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, like the, the thing is, is it, it sucks to hear it, but it benefits you Mm -hmm. somehow. You are still getting a benefit and a benefit doesn't mean that it's something that you're enjoying. A benefit means that it's something that you're comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. You're comfortable being wounded. I'm comfortable being wounded. So I don't know what it's like to grow beyond that. So no, don't, don't ask me to do that. Uh Uh-uh. Don't ask me to do that. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. Or I can't do that because of this. Yes. Not because of like, maybe I actually don't want to or doesn't resonate. It's like, no, like this programming that wounding has given me has made me decide to stay in this place where I don't have to take a chance. I don't have to let things go. And I can stay exactly where I am because I know that that's safe. Yeah, safe and comfortable. And that need for safety, regardless of like your actual well-being, is is somebody who has had wounds and trauma. That is a reaction of someone who has had wounds and trauma. And we're both saying this because we have both had wounds and trauma. Yeah. We know. And there comes a time, well, there can come a time where like you're kind of like at a crossroads of like, okay, I really want to do this thing. I really want to step outside of this and actually heal it and not just protect the scar tissue, you know? And in those moments, you are healing. Right. You are healing. You are telling your spirit and your body and your mind that it is okay to step outside of it. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with like finding your own power and trust because you're the only one that's going to make it safe and secure enough for you to go outside of that wound and grow. Nobody else can do that for you. And that's where we get caught up and lost because we think in that protection way, like, no, you have to create the space for me. No, you have to do that. No, Somebody you else have has to, to change. That. You outsource no. your power. Yes. You are the one who has to claim your own power. 
and know that you can create safe space for yourself yeah. to be in discomfort, to be in the unknown. Yeah. And that's, that's you. like where the, the healing begins. And I remember a couple of years ago, Katie, you told me this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got a new jumpsuit. And now oh, well, I remember like, the jumpsuit. I'm obsessed. I love black jumpsuit. I'm, yeah. Black jumpsuit. I am a jumpsuit. You look fucking great girl. in the jumpsuit. Yeah. I love all jumpsuits. I am a jumpsuit girl. And I was like, okay, so <laughs> I think I got it from anthropology. The I still have it. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. And um I was like, okay, it has like some cleavage. And yeah, you have great cleavage. <laughs> And I have that shows my arms and I'm just like going through all the reasons why like this is scary to like do something like this. And this goes into my wounds of like sh just yeah. showing up in my body and feeling comfortable. And I was like, Katie, this is like way outside of my comfort zone. <laughs> and Katie goes, comfort zones are boring. They are boring. <laughs> they are I'm boring. sorry. They are boring. Right. And so like. Like the most Sagittarius statement ever, but they are boring. I know. I love that though. I love it because it's so <laughs> empowering to be like, why do I feel the need to make myself feel comfortable in every way? Just because I'm going to try something new doesn't mean it's going to be like... And it doesn't mean you're not safe. Right. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to like feel okay once you do it. Right. That's like so key. So there's like a lot of different like steps that you can take to not identify as this person who has gone through this experience, but like connect to others on who you are and what you right. love. And, and some of the ways that people like, like grieving is one of those things. Like says you have to grieve for that, that Cecily. Who, I mean, and you've done this, right? But we grieve yeah. for that, like Cecily who didn't feel comfortable in her like yeah. in her body, like right. showing up in her body, like yeah, like it was little sess, like yeah, yeah, like you just want to like hold that little sess and love on that and be like, no, babe, you are okay. Yes, and that's part of it is that grieving, but yeah. it's the grieving in connection with you creating your own security and power that gets you beyond it. Because if you're yeah. just grieving and feeling it and feeling those lower vibration emotions, and that's it, yeah, then babe. You're just sulking in that. Yeah. And it, it it's all, like like Katie said, it's all phases. It's all yeah. different, like, baby steps that you take to honor yourself along the way. And some of those take time. Some of those take longer than others. But I think through something I'm going through, you have to feel it. You have to experience it fully and deeply and express it and feel it and let it go. Yeah. And like be committed to that process. And I think, you know, for both of us, I know certainly for me, like one of the reasons at a young age that I started drinking and using is because I was like, whoa, <laughs> I don't like feelings. I don't oh, like feeling shit. this yeah. sadness. This, all this stuff is really overwhelming. I see like way too much stuff and know way too many things about yes. things that I shouldn't. So how do I shut this off? Because nobody has taught me how to use I this. To power <laughs> this shit down. Yeah, yeah exactly. nobody has taught me how to use this. So, and I don't think this is normal. <laughs> no. And, and it's, we've, we've each been sober quite a long time. Yeah. And still today, I am like, it's okay. It is safe for me to feel sad. It is safe for me to feel grief. It is safe for me to feel disappointment or whatever I am feeling. Yeah. Because I am in charge of like creating the space to work through it. Yes. Yes. Nobody else is responsible for that. Like we're out of the guru phase. We're out of the control phase. Like yeah. ain't nobody going to do this for you, but you. 
But yeah. And you can go to therapy, which I do. You can go to this. You can go to that. You can do all of the things and those will all be like little, they will be helpful. But I have learned for myself, the real work comes when I'm like willing to sit with myself in that sadness, in that darkness, in that fear and know that it is safe for me to feel these things. Yeah. And trying maybe alternative therapies like with still licensed therapists but maybe like EMDR maybe like trauma stuff where you're talking to your inner child because oh yeah just doing talk therapy as I mean I've I had done that for years like 10 plus years like it's great but at some point you need to do some sort of like meditative shifting within your psyche to get yourself to create that space for you yeah and EMDR has been huge yeah. for me in dealing with like childhood traumas. Yeah, I did EMDR for a while too. Yeah, that's super Somatic helpful. type of stuff, like any sort yes. of somatic therapy where you're learning, you're like learning to be in tune with your body so that you can learn to trust it again. Yeah. Ooh, that's huge. Trusting yourself. Yeah. Ooh, that's... But that like so goes along with all of this. And it's to trust yourself that like to know that whatever happens, you are safe. It's you're not going to die from feeling guilt or right. you know grief or any of these things. You have to be able, I know, I didn't mean like you have to, but like I know that for me, I have to be able to be willing to feel that and experience it so deeply that I give it space. And not just stuff it down somewhere else in my body and be like, okay, well, that was really shitty, but I'm going to just kind of compartmentalize and put it here and move on. It's it's so empowering to feel. Yeah. And it differs with each person, right? Because like sometimes people are really in like, no, I need my, I need space. And it's like, maybe what they need is somebody to be like, okay, you got a week to grieve this. You got a week and that's it. You got two days. You know, but some people who are unwilling to be present with their emotions need that ability to be like, no, you have to give this time and space. Yeah. Yeah. And to know that like the long, I don't know, at least for me, it's like the longer I put off feeling something, it it just, it's the, it's worse for me. I like, I want to be able to feel free and like, okay. Yeah. And the only way I know how to do that is to like actually sit and feel stuff. Yes. And in in the breadth of its entirety. Yes. I remember um, 16 years ago, Mm -hmm. there's this woman that Sess and I knew named Kelly and she was a hard ass and she, there was like, no, she didn't give, like, she just... There was nothing that you could get past her, and she would just tell you how it was, whether it was nice or not. And uh, I remember calling her after I had been out of that year-long treatment center that Sess and I were in, and I had been dating somebody, and we had broken up, or we're going through, I think we had broken up, which (laughs) we broke up so many times, this relationship and I. Um, But this is like the first or the second time, very early on. And I remember calling her. Um, and just telling her, Hey, yeah, this is what happened. And she goes, okay, well, you got three days to grieve, three days to feel it. So like, yeah, get some ice cream, watch some sad movies, take a bath, stay at home, cry yourself to sleep for three days. And then when the third day is done, then it's time to do something else. And I was just like, Oh shit. Like, wow. You know? Well, I think that like that can be the route to go too because it keeps you from being like, I'm going to indefinitely use this as like a pity party. Yes. 
for that myself. I can always, yes. Because there is a benefit to that. Because if you are wounded and sad, then other people have to accommodate you. If you are wounded and mm-hmm. sad, then you're not responsible for certain things that you need to do in your life. Yeah. If you are wounded and sad, right, there's ad infinitum. Like there yeah. are all these other benefits that we get. Like we get to play small because playing big is scary and we're become a target when we're too seen and, you yeah. know, that sort of stuff. There are all of these things and we're not the ones that are going to tell you what they are. You have to look at those and figure out what it is for you yeah and like you will know also like I do and Katie does it's like you know maybe there isn't a time frame you know maybe it's more than three days but to give yourself and honor it and allow yourself to move beyond it what I do now yeah and this is funny that we're talking about grief but grief is is such grief is such an important part of the early steps of processing a wound you know yeah but my shaman that I've worked with for seven or eight years I remember she with a similar thing with a past relationship she was like okay let's do a grieving altar like so what you do is you set out you can do however you want but basically I set out like a black cloth a bowl of water with some salt in it and I light a candle and when I light that candle I'm sitting in front of it and I'm playing my sad music and I'm just bawling just bawling screaming crying whatever getting it all out of my body yeah and then when there's nothing else to give at that point I blow out the candle and then I after a day or two I take that water and I say thank you thank you thank you and I pour it back into the earth and then I fill it up again because the earth can handle that but if I have a place to put that wound that grief around that yeah which is that bowl of water and if I can open up ceremony and go okay let me feel this Now, then it's one, not overwhelming because sometimes we get scared of feeling things fully because we think it's going to overtake us. Oh, yes, that's so true. So if we set that thing, that time frame of like this candle and this water is going to hold this space for me, it's going to hold this grief, this wound for me, then it becomes less in your body because you're taking it out because you're feeling it. But that's not something we do for years and years and years. Right? Like that's something we do until we don't need to do it anymore. And then we slowly start looking at like, oh, am I exhibiting behavior that is making me identify with that wound? Am I saying words that are identifying me with that wound that are keeping me small? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, although I can't like speak too much on it right now, I know that since we have started talking about grief, there's a really beautiful book called Prayers of honoring grief by an incredible author named Pixie Lighthorse that I have started working with. And there's, there's phases of it, you know, yeah. there's, you go through all these different phases and she lays it out as East, West, South, and North of the different seasons of the grief and Mm. how you work through it. And it's not always this painful, stinging, like stabbing, overwhelming, overcoming thing. And to like fully honor it in all of its breadth and entirety has is beautiful because it's a gift to feel. It is a gift to feel fully. And as my past has shown, like feelings and emotions are terrifying and overwhelming and scary. 
Right. And I like, I forget and I'm like learning and relearning and loving the fact that it is a gift to feel deeply and fully and to walk through this life. Girl, that's why we chose this human body because we don't feel like this without it. That's why the body, like there's, um, I watched this show called uh, Frontera Verde, which is like green border and it's about the jungle. Yeah in the Amazon in like South America. And there's a shaman in it, a, like a plant shaman. A, this They call them night walkers. Anyway, one thing he says, many brilliant things, but one thing that he says is don't forget the body. Yeah. Being here, being able to have the experience that we're having, even with wounds, even with grief and pain is still beautiful. Like it's still why our souls chose to be here to experience this. Right. And like you can be mad and upset and think that that's an insensitive way of saying that because I've been on dates where people have been upset by my saying that. That's what I subscribe to. That's my belief system. And that for me is what gives all of my experiences meaning and weight Mm -hmm. is the ability to go and take ownership of my experience rather than being a victim of it. I am the owner of my own experience. So I chose this. This is what is I am experiencing at this point because this is what I'm experiencing at this point because this is what I I need to learn something from this. So let me look at what I can learn and take away. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that without a body. No, no. Not in the same way. No, absolutely not. So, I mean, I think along with um, and sort of being honest and acknowledging the wound and then grieving for the wound, then comes in the phase of creating that security and safety within yourself, right? Because you've grieved for this and then yeah. you get to you get to be the person that like holds that little Katie and tells her like, you are safe. Yeah. I love you. You know, even time to like from time to time for me, I will see, (laughs) I'll see my little inner child and I get like teary eyed and I just Mm -hmm. like tell her like, like, I love you and you're safe. Yes. Yes. You know, and you, and at the same time that I'm telling her that I'm also crying and grieving a little bit going like, you have been through a lot. Yeah. You've been through a lot, babe, but you are okay and you are safe. Yeah. You know, so those things can happen at the same time. But the second portion of that creating safety and security for yourself has to happen. It has to happen. Yeah, absolutely. For you to move beyond it. And and there's like a lot of questions that we can throw out there that can help others to work through this. And it's like, how do you hold that past part of yourself? How do you hold that past experience without identififying it? Right. And I think that, I mean, and you tell me, sorry. Yeah. And I think you tell me um, what you think about this. This just came to mind, but it's like, you know, people are really delicate about wounds and um, things that they like victimize themselves with because from that place of wound and victimization, you can't hear or see any level of your part or any benefit that you might get from it. Yeah. But once you've admitted and grieved and then started to create security and safety for yourself, you become stronger and more secure and you are able to see like, oh, this is how this benefited me. And this is how I continue to have behaviors or belief systems that are still to some degree or other in alignment with that old wound. And here's how I change that. 
Yeah. You know, and I think that's where I get like judgmental and self-righteous. I'm just realizing this now is that I expect people in a, in an early stage to see it. And yeah. it's like they can't, they have to go through this process, that grieving, that, that admitting, that creating safety and security for themselves to even be able to be stable enough in a, in a secure enough spot to start to look at, oh, this is how I continue to create a wound. Yeah. This is how I continue to establish that narrative of me being wounded. Yeah. And, and yeah. we all start from a different place in that in this process. And we all move through it at different paces too, you yes, know? Yes, absolutely. And part of it is like having gratitude, maybe not for the experience, but maybe for some of the qualities that it brought out in you, like resilience or strength or courage yeah. or bravery. There and are gifts to all of these things. There are yeah. benefits that we get from it and why we want to change it. Yeah. And there are gifts to it. Yeah. That I yeah. think you learn later too yeah and so it's it's just like the stages of grief there's stages of this process of acknowledging your wounds and then even more advanced is like admitting that some of those gifts right like later on you realize like oh I got this gift of resilience Mm. from this wound but I'm now using the gift of resilience in a way that is still in alignment with that wound but I don't need to anymore yeah. Like that, there's <laughs> there's just so much nuance and depth the further you go in this right. process. That's that's why it's <laughs> that's why it's interesting to me. I think that's why Sess and I keep exploring because you learn more and more every time you look. Right. Every time you look further within, you also look further without. Like it's it's just And I think like the more we 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 love and accept ourselves in the ways that we were wounded and identified with that, the more compassion we can have for people that are just waking up to theirs. Yeah. And one of the things that I really love. And the more you compassion you have for everyone in general, because you can see yeah. it, you can see the wounds. But what was that thing you were saying you loved? Well, healing, healing requires honor. You have to honor this experience. Mm. Yeah. That's part of making something sacred and taking it to ceremony is you honor it. Make your life sacred. Your life is sacred. You are sacred. Your experiences are sacred. Walk through this life as if everything is sacred because it is. Right. It is. Your past, your present, your future, your relationships with others, with yourself, with the earth, with everything. It's all sacred. Yeah. I mean, I think... I think we covered our topic, right? Like <laughs> woundology, playing the victim and how to move beyond it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously we all have different wounds that require different phases or time periods or experiences. Yeah. And we've all created different levels of <laughs> scaffolding around those wounds, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. we've added to them about... You know, based like seeking out um, relationships, patterns, situations, narratives, like even just viewing something in a way that's like, oh, here's how this this wound has happened again for me. Yeah. Here's how this thing has happened again for me. This is why I'm not worth it. This is why I'm yeah. not safe. This is why. Yeah. Whatever. Insert 
insert thing here. And like a, a question that you can ask yourself that I've asked myself is like, what, who would you be if you left that wound behind? Uh, who would, would you be you, without that? Yeah. Who would you be? How would you act? Yeah. How what would you, would you interact do? with the world? What would you do differently? I love that question. And for me, that like is so courageous to, to look at those ways in which you can, because I think that's really like a lens into like who you want to be. Yeah. What would you be without that? Yeah. Because you can be it. You can. And the fact that you're asking it shows that that's what your spirit wants. Yeah. And your soul desires is to move beyond that. I mean, and if you're listening to it, then it's probably to this now, you're probably called to do it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're having a major reaction to it, probably time to look at why. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it requires bravery. It really does. Courage and bravery to keep walking in the direction. Yeah. It's hard to see ourselves fully. Yeah. It's hard to see those things. Like it's yeah. hard to look back and go, "Oh, I've created a belief system around a, a hurt, a harm that was done to me, which means that I've let that thing control my life." Right. That's hard to hear and to admit and to acknowledge, but it's the first it's one of the first things you have to do is admitting it and accepting yeah. it. And the thing is, is once you've done this type of work, then any sort of anything else that comes up that could have turned into a wound or a trauma or whatever, you know how to process it so that it doesn't get in your body like that. Right. So that it doesn't become a wound. Yeah, absolutely. And giving yourself permission and space to become something other than what you think you are or in the confines of that and to stop making your life smaller and catered around your wounds. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll share an experience of mine, which was, you know, like eight years ago, I was dating a man um, for like under a year. um, Mm -hmm. But it was, you know, we connected very well. And I found out after it's all crazy story, I went to Peru, I did this whole like, (laughs) huaca thing, which was where I Anyways, I released all of the ashes of um, of a journal that I had about my past relationships. And I did this ceremony at my house. I burned up that journal and I was like, I'm going to bring this to Peru and I'm going to let go of it at Machu Picchu. Mm. And I did that. And during yeah. this, I was I, in my whole body, all of that stuff just left. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. I'm never being blind to red flags. I'm never not honoring me. I'm never sacrificing my needs in a relationship. I'm just never doing that again. Yeah. And the day I got back, because this relationship had had problems and we weren't talking during that trip because I didn't understand why if things were, you know, if we connected in the way we did, why he didn't want to move forward on some bigger things. Yeah. And I came back and a day after I came back, I found out that he was engaged the whole time that we were together and got married while I was in Peru. (laughs) Now you can imagine, right? Like that was, I think, one of the most painful experiences I've ever had. I mean, up there with Nikki dying, Sess, like it was painful to be betrayed like that, you know, like just everything that I thought was true about this person was just a lie. Yeah, And I did the grieving uh, altar with that. I did my shamanic work with that. I felt it 
for more than three days because it needed more than three days, yeah. you know? And I recently was talking to a friend about this and, uh, you know, brought it up, sharing my experience with her about certain things. And she was like, do you think that that gave you trust issues? And I said, no, I wouldn't say that I have trust issues now. I would, I would say that if Katie 10, 12 years ago in Katie in Boston would have gone through that, yeah. Oh, hell yeah, that would have given her trust issues. She yeah. would have been shut down and like, no fucking thank you. Like, yeah, fuck these dudes. Like, I don't trust anyone. But the Katie that went through that was doing a different level of spiritual work. She was doing shamanic expansion. And it it's not in my body. And it never was. It went through me wow. rather than stayed there. And I don't, you know, I, I trust my own knowing now. I trust my ability to see and identify red flags and identify things that just don't work for me. Yeah. And I don't question that when in that regard anymore. I just don't. It was a lesson in learning. Yeah. To, to listen to your intuition. Yeah. And the beauty of that experience was that I, I really learned to trust without a doubt my intuition. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, like three months into that, I made a joke to my girlfriend, like, is he fucking married? Like, what's his problem? Yeah. <laughs> I knew. Yeah. I and knew. And you can either use that as an excuse to not date again or to, to not ever date again out there or like, right. you know, or you can say that is a lesson in learning to trust myself. Yeah. And it's like, what road do you want to go down? Right. And I, it was never a matter of like self-worth. It could have gone into self-worth, self-doubt, like I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. It could have right. gone into all of that stuff because some of that is ancestral for me. Yeah. Right. And it I, was, we talked, it I didn't, think we talked about yeah. it in that uh, ancestral healing episode for sure. Yeah. And it just didn't, it went through me. It didn't stay in me. Yeah. And I don't have a wound or a trauma from that, even though it was a traumatic experience. Right. Which is right. fucking beautiful. Yeah. Like that's what doing this work can do for you. Yeah. You can just continue walking through life. Yeah. And like even it like overcome <laughs> take you. you down yeah. yeah 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 even like and this is gonna sound weird but the death of my grandma like I I was there um not when she died but I was there every day during a hospice for her and um I unwound her chakras and like let her her like energetic body like sort of loosen up so yeah. that when it was time for her to go, she could go easily. Like I did yeah. all that for her. And when I did her crown chakra, she like opened her eye, like she felt it, you know, yeah. she felt something shift and she knew, but like what helping, assisting her yeah, and supporting her and going through that, even though she wasn't totally conscious and she couldn't speak that well, was one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And of course I miss her and love her, but I'm so grateful to her that I was able to show up in that way. And that's like, I mean, to see somebody you love die, that can be a tra traumatic thing. Yes. And it's not, I don't hold it that way. Yeah. I, that's so beautiful. It's like, how do you hold it? What light do you see it through? What lens do you see this experience through? Because you can see when people hold things too tightly and heavily and on their bodies versus people who hold it differently and lightly. Yeah. 
there's just a difference. And it doesn't even necessarily like, (laughs) I have two friends that I'm speaking about right now that are definitely, you know, they see therapists, they do some spiritual work, but they're still very new in all of this. And they still do crazy ass things that are just so endearing for me, you know, to watch. But, and they have both been through like heavy stuff and I get to see how they hold it. And it's with like, it's just, There's like some serious shit that one of them is going through. And it's just light. It's just lighter. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. It's how do you want to walk through life? Do you want to trudge and, you know? Yeah. You want to be barely survived down? Yeah. Weighed down by these experiences? Or Or do you want to be a helpless victim of like it just keeps happening? Oh, I see this stuff just keeps happening. It's like proof of this, right? Proof, proof, proof. Let me go write in my notebook more proof of why I'm not good enough or why I'm, you know, this or that. Yeah. Yeah. So we we invite you to look at at yourself through a different perspective. Yeah. And what you've experienced through a different perspective and not how it can hold you back, but how it can propel you forward and allow you to be a more of a beacon to others. Yeah. As well. So, yeah. Is there anything else you want to add, Katie? No, I mean, I just think that like, you know, we're, we're talking about wounds big and small, right? Like, because within, you know, Sess and I's past experience before we were sober, we went through like, you know, I'll speak for myself, but I went through some pretty serious shit that was like, not, this isn't, we're not just saying like, oh, you got broken up with and you know, this is how you deal with this. Like, no, we're talking about how to deal with like actual trauma, like, you know, abuse, like physical trauma, sexual trauma. We've been through that. Yeah. And this way of doing it is where we came from and why, how we're here now. So, yeah. Yeah. With that, we are going to go into the far out and out there segment. Far out and out there. So our far out and out there segment is kind of a spooky part of our podcast where we get to kind of get a little out there. (laughs) And <laughs> and it's far out, man. It's it far out. Far out. <laughs> it, it's our foot, our footy, which is is that? That's not an acronym. An it is. Oh, it is. It's an like, acronym. Yeah, far F-O-O-T. out, out there. Yep. Yeah. Our feet segment. Uh, <laughs> feet foot fetish. We're foot foot fetish. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is not a foot fetish segment, nor is it a foot fetish podcast. So. <laughs> Please. Only feet. <laughs> okay. Anywho. Anyway, sorry. I got got weird. So uh, we wouldn't be us if we didn't get weird. Oh God. And y'all will learn to love it. Or you no. won't. And then you'll stop. And that's <laughs> fine. We understand. And that's fine. Yeah. We understand and we love you anyway, whether yeah. you like us or not. So Exactly. Yeah. So this story that I have and like literally everyone I talk to I'm like do you have like a creepy weird story maybe it has to do with ghosts or aliens or like extraterrestrial activity or like anything and not enough people are saying that they do so 
disappointing. I was with our friend Nathan over the weekend. Oh, Nathan would have been fun. To... He, but he doesn't have one. He doesn't Nathan. have a weird story, which is surprising. I'm surprised. He didn't like just make one up. Well, I know. He said he could make one up. Of course and I he said, did. No. Do you want me to lie? You want me to make one up? We value honesty on yes, Into the we Magic. We do. <laughs> uh, we so, still love Nathan, though. We do. We do. And, okay, so this is when I'm, a story that's happened to me or I was kind of adjacent to. And in this, like, late summer or early summer, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I didn't need to add that, but it was a time where I was traveling from Denver and I was doing a road trip uh, through Utah into Arizona to New Mexico and back up to Denver. So it was kind of a circle around the four corner states. And um, one of the stops I made was at Monument Valley, which is the border of Utah and Arizona. And it's, Yes, I've been there. Yes, it's gorgeous. It is, if you've never been, like it is stunning. It's like, it's basically one of like the most famous sites of the the west yeah maybe even the world like that view of like coming over that little hill and i mean there were people from all over the world that were there yes as they should be it's like magnificent Yeah. yeah And it's in Navajo Nation. Yes, it is Navajo Nation, which ha- is within it has a bunch of different um, identifications and tribes, but it's within Navajo Nation. Yes. yes. And so like if you go into the park, you, you're you on like tribal land and but you can see it from the road and it's, you know, the, the left mitten and the right mitten. It's just it's it's stunning. And if you've never been, you can hike and drive through parts of it. So yeah. And look up pictures because you'll probably like immediately know what I'm talking about. So. So I was doing my road trip and I was traveling through there and uh, there was, I was staying at Golding Lodge and I was eating dinner in like their little restaurant and I was by myself. This was a solo trip and I saw you on this trip actually, like I stayed with you in Phoenix. So was that with, with Clover? Was Clover with you or that was no, pre-Clover? No, this was like four, this was like in 2018, I think. Okay. So yeah, yeah. we had, we went out to sushi with. Oh sushi, yeah. Sushi, <laughs> sushi. With sushi. and Joe. Yeah. So that's beside the point. The point of yeah. the story is that I was eating dinner in a restaurant by myself at the Golden Lodge. And mind you, there's like two hotels here. It's a very, very yeah, small it's community. It's very yeah. remote. And, um, there was a family sitting behind me or like the table next to me. It was like a booth. And, you know, obviously I was like listening to their conversation because I was alone. Duh. And it was like a mother and father and then their daughter and the daughter's boyfriend or something. And the daughter was looking through her phone because she had, her and her boyfriend had driven in that day. And she was like, I don't know if she was coming from the Arizona or Utah side, but there, (laughs) she was looking through all the pictures because I think she was the passenger. She was just taking shot after shot as she was driving in because it was like so magnificent and she (laughs) came across one photo that was there was just like a picture of a native american man on a horse like in the landscape not not like far from the car and there was no road in the photo (laughs) and it looked like a very old photo and i even like asked to see the photo I'm just like, I'm sorry. I've, I've been listening. And they even like asked the waitress, they're like, is this kind of thing normal or like what? And um, I don't remember what the waitress said, but there's got to be definitely very interesting things that happen in that area. 
So wait, so it was a Native American man on a horse, and there was no road where there was a road in the picture, right? Like for sure. Yes. Okay. Yes, and so that's like what the the really crazy part about all of this was was it was just like she's like I did not see a person, I did not see a horse, I did not see this person. Like I would have noticed. Yeah, of course you would have, because how could you not see that? So. Right. And so this like made me think like, okay, is this like glitch? Well, here's the thing. That's what I was playing into because like, sure. Okay. So like time space, right? Like there's, there are these ideas that time isn't like a, obviously a linear thing. It's not, there's no way it can be. Mm, Right. Maybe time is associated like with, with a space, like places or portals, right? So time is like this place on a map. Right. And you can, from that place, you can access all different times that existed, ever existed, ever will exist within that place. So maybe she's taking a picture. I mean, she's taking a picture of that place, but somehow she caught it at a different time. Like, yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Because, I mean, really, like, yeah, there's this idea that time is just this big map and it's like, this is 1920 on January 2nd. This is, you know, today and da 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 da. And it's all over on this big map. They just exist in different sort of areas. And like, you can pop over to them if you want. And I mean, I'm playing a lot with this idea of like places are portals. So if, and it's kind of like, um, what's that show with Joshua? Josh, um, that's not his name. No. Jackson? <laughs> We're not talking about our heartthrobs anymore. Um, with, uh, what is it fucking called? It's called Outer Rain. It's dope. And it kind of plays with that. There's this, like big hole on this guy's land in Montana. And like like buffalo oh, come out sure, of sure, it. Sure. Right? Like fucking buffalo with arrows in them. So it's like time, yeah. like these places can access time portals that make you able to look into yeah. different time periods within that that place and space. And really time only exists um, as a like our present only is the only thing that gives time reference. Because from our present something is either yeah. the future or the past. But like it doesn't mean that it hasn't already yeah. happened to some degree. So just as much as you can access the past, you could probably access the future too, which is fucking trippy, and I love that. Yeah, it is super trippy, but I think that's exactly what happened. Like when we were when yeah. she took that photo, it caught time, it caught something, yeah, it, from the past. She, yes, and it was it was unbelievable. It was really so. When are we incredible. going to do that? We're we gonna camp out and. <laughs> Oh my like, gosh! Yeah, we should. No, I, I mean camping out, but well, um, yeah, I think that you know maybe camping out, just like sitting outside. I mean, just like but camp also, chairs. I, it, I camp chairs. Yeah, camp is chairs. that not camping? Yes, exactly. <laughs> is it's actually yeah, <laughs> but I have held Monument Valley in a very different light since that experience of knowing how sacred it is yeah. there. So it's really yeah. Cool. I mean, places are portals. You can access time, different times that existed within that space. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you've lasted this long, thank you even more, Kaylee. Bravo. Kaylee. (laughs) (laughs) And we invite you, because we like to end every show like this, or at least I do. (laughs) Speak for yourself. We (laughs) invite... Speak for yourself. We invite you to look into the magic of your own healing and how you can transform these wounds into assets. Because only you can do that. Yeah. That's it. And that's maybe what you needed to hear is that you have the power and the ability to do that for yourself. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay. And we, um, we're going to put some stuff in the show notes and references and hopefully it, it sparks something in you that like wants to look a little deeper. That's all we ever hope. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's all we ever want for you guys. It's to ignite your own curiosity (laughs) and your experience. Yeah. And your movement and blossoming towards the divine. Right. Because we're all moving in the same direction, but we're taking different paths. So there's like no judgment about how you get there, you know? No. Thanks for tuning in and we will Love see you, you. next time. <laughs> I feel like I want to say, that's what I say to everyone when I get off the phone. Like, I love you. Love you all. Yeah. yeah. I love you too, Katie. I love <laughs> you. Right, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>